Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Chai Break Podcast. This is your host, Shweta Ravi Shankar. And Ramachari from New York City. This season, we're excited to interview a roster of amazing South Asian women who have broken barriers, questioned norms, and continue to make a mark for themselves. They come to you from all over the globe, from Bangalore to New York, Melbourne and everywhere in between. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we do and chime in along the way. So let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Chai Break Podcast. Coming to you from a steamy, hot New York City where the temperatures are soaring in the mid-90s today. We're staying cool and we're starting our day off with our guest Anjali Puri. Hi, Rama. Hi, Shweta. Yes, oh my God, it's one of those days, right? It really feels like I'm home down in Chennai. Um, it's tough and yet it is hot and humid. Um, I hope you all are enjoying this summer um, in New York. It's been an interesting summer. Pretty hot, I must say, but I do enjoy the sunshine. Uh, before we get started with Anjali, um, here's a little bit about her. Anjali Puri associates herself as a multi-potentialite. You were the one who first met Anjali, right, Shweta? Yes, yes. So, I mean, uh, the universe has uh, strange ways of connecting us, but <laughs> yeah. yes. I did meet her about six months ago in India yeah. at a pet sanctuary. Yeah, <laughs> we're going we to talk a lot more about it, but yeah. that's how uh, we got Anjali on board because Shweta met her and she had uh, such a wonderful, um, you know, just experience having a conversation with her. And that's how we decided to bring her over to um, share her story with all of you as well. So Anjali is a multi-potential life. What does that mean? She she has many different interests. Um, she's a chalk carver and an arthropod curator. Wow. Even saying that is a big touch twister for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has spent over a decade carefully weaving her interests around the natural world. So, you know, wildlife, animals, insects, so on. Along with practicing ways of permaculture, she intends to inherit her values from balance of the forces of Gaia and other elements. And we need to talk about that because I am a little bit into that as well. Um, she believes the philosophy of flow, very nice, and its teachings and bows down to it. She's also on a quest to bridge the loopholes in the community using her interdisciplinary art skills to narrate diverse thought-provoking subjects. Her research on eco-socialism with the tribal communities has helped her understand the importance of indigenous presence in our societies. Um, Anjali says, quote unquote, I want to trace back the lost wisdom to help indigenous connect with Earth like our ancestors did, uh, resulting in a harmonious way of life. I deeply resonate with diversified indigenous instruments and vivid cultures and look forward to reviving them using interdisciplinary arts with time. That's very well said, Anjali. I think you are kind of, you know, talking something that I've heard um, a lot more shamans, practice of shamanism kind of evolves from this, trying to connect the uh, heaven and earth with humanity. And um, I'm seeing quite a connection there with you as well. Uh, she associates herself with someone who can never be put in a box. <laughs> I mean, I mean, after this introduction, if you haven't figured that out, <laughs> then you really don't know her. So um, that is so fascinating. That is so fascinating. And especially it's fascinating for me because you are coming from, again, we're talking about South Asian culture, you're from India, where literally this language, when you start saying these things, you know, you might be getting a few raised eyebrows and like, are you, what language are you talking? You know, I am worried about you. 
you should <laughs> that's right have learn you, about you apt. <laughs> have you talked to somebody about this so so let's talk about your journey so that i think is so fascinating growing up where you growing up welcome <laughs> welcome anjali <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much this feels so warm and i'm so happy that i'm here talking to you both yeah about so many diverse things especially because like you said i do get raised eyebrows because people feel ki you know what on earth is she talking about is she is she okay like <laughs> should we make her sit and understand that hey this is not how you are supposed to live at this age like people get so confused they're like you are being too old for your age i get this so often since past 5 years people assume that i'm in my age or like early 30s or like late 20s and I'm like no I've just stepped into the adulthood this is new to me the world is new to me but yeah because it's always amusing to see how clueless people are when I talk and I'm like okay I can't help them yeah because I think they're stuck in that you know the hustle culture as they talk about you know so you have some thoughts on uh, that we'll get to that but first just tell our audience like how were your growing up years what were your early influences and how did all of this happen you know your uh, diverse portfolio of interests how did that come about was it always the case <laughs> so i studied in kendriya vidyalaya mm-hmm. i come from a defense background so while studying while growing up my the entire focus was on academics mm-hmm. and if you met me even like 3 years ago i would have just walked past you because i would be like oh i have to socialize with humans now i have to let them know who i am as an individual i would have not even taken an initiative to talk so shweta who you saw me facilitating in prani that i've come a long way from like my childhood mm-hmm. because i was i was a very shy kid a kid who was very i was drowned in inferiority complex mm-hmm. because i was always a chubby kid and in india if you're if you're chubby and if you have a slightly darker complexion oh people can make your life hell society did make my life hell while growing up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and because they made me feel that i was not good enough i never let the world know what i was good enough so 12 years of my schooling my friends and everyone around me were clueless of my potential and i was clueless of my own potential so after i stepped out of my school and i started my college so i started in an all girls college I think that's the best part of my life because when I saw how bold and confident other women were it blew my mind I'm like that's the potential of a woman and these were the kind of women who never felt that you know there's something amazing about them I mean it's not that they had inferiority complex they were just themselves I kept myself in a shell so I kept them at a pedestal and they made sure that i kept myself on a pedestal too mm-hmm. so it was amazing journey 3 years of my school like college where i met beautiful women beautiful professors i blossomed and flourished into a lady that i could never have you know evolved if i was <laughs> the same kid while growing up 12 mm-hmm. years of my school mm-hmm. there's such an interesting uh, kind of similar story that we hear just ours as well yeah, um, yeah, right, and all the guests that we've had any of the guests that we've had i think it's inherently cultural um in the way people are raised and then how we kind of break from that whole mold and try to just you know become ourselves and i think your story is 
is very similar from what we hear and what we've lived through. Mm-hmm. But what what I think your story is so interesting is how it kind of shaped from there, right? I mean, you the journey started with uh, you came to college and you met all these fantastic women, and you kind of gained a sense of identity yourself, right? And from there on, you started understanding what is it that you really are here to do, and what is it that really drives you. Is that a correct way of putting it, Anjali? Yes. Yes. And there are so many things that happen midway, which I don't know if I should be addressing now or just like reveal it with time. <laughs> you can always say whatever you would like to say. I'm sure our audience always would benefit from hearing more about um, the life journey. So yeah, feel free to whatever you think will help. Yeah, um, I think the, the one thing that I want to focus on when I talk about my journey in college days. So I... I was in a toxic relationship mm-hmm. for the very first, I was in a relationship for the very first time in my life mm-hmm. and that ended up being toxic. And this person had the audacity to take a naive heart and just mold it and break it apart into pieces. Mm-hmm. But little did he know that, you know, that broken heart would actually be the most beautiful art I created for myself wow. and everyone around me. This person, like, I mean, by now, you know that I'm into art and a lot of other aspects of culture and life. So this person told me that there is nothing in me that I can associate with art. And I think that hit me to core mm-hmm. because he knew how like art keeps me alive. You know, art lets me breathe. It helps me express. And when that comes from a loved one it can be very shattering for a teenager no it is and it's very you you're very young and you're very impressionable you know we're so glad that you worked through it and you became uh, the woman you are today but for a lot of people that can be pretty detrimental right so when a a young heart breaks apart there are only two ways if you can either make it or you just you know break more further and that's when you know I think if you don't have I did not have a healthy friend circle either because I I don't know I, I did not have even that environment or space to even talk about it people felt that it was weird to even date someone who was so elder to me as a teenager so like all the raised eyebrows and like oh what are you doing in life this that la 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 and creating that environment from scratch parenting myself while I was healing was felt like a very huge task mm-hmm. you know like I could not talk about it to my family, no. But like, I told about my healing journey to my sister after I, you know, thought that, okay, now I've healed. So, yeah, parenting my own self was a challenge. I mean, it's it's a lot of stigma, right, around these things. And I think uh, part of it has to do with that, that uh, these are not things that are normalized yet. And I think that's one of the things we're trying to do with bringing women like you to this podcast is normalizing these conversations and these experiences Mm -hmm. and to be able to feel more free to talk about them. Yeah. And and I'm curious about the healing journey you mentioned, um, Anjali. So can you elaborate a little bit about how you overcame these obstacles? Okay. So... I was someone who had never stepped out of the house, even to uh, my own native. So I stay in Bangalore, right? My native is Uttar Karnataka, that is Haveri and Belga. Mm-hmm. So I had never even boarded a train or a bus to my own native to meet my grandparents. And when I was 18, I took the first step to travel all the way to Gujarat by myself. 
And I think that sense of freedom that I had when I stepped out with my rucksack all alone in an unknown city, um, that this happened when I met my toxic ex back then. Mm-hmm. But little did I know that that would be the way of me healing all together. Mm-hmm. So the first time I was at 2 p.m., 2 a.m. in the night, uh, in an empty street on a bike, the cool breeze of air that hit my face, I think that was the first time I realized, oh, this is how freedom could feel like. Mm. And since I had got the taste of it, I was like, okay, uh, seems like I'm never turning back from here ever again. And at 19, I just packed my rucksack. I went all the way to Uttarakhand. I told my parents that, you know, I want to give myself mm-hmm. a period of gap here so that I can just explore myself and the country volunteer around so I met diverse set of people I never knew what it feels like to step out of my own city mm-hmm. let be the state so uh, traveling across north meeting staying with you know um, meeting people who have spent their decades in jail so I ended up talking so I had everyone around me from a kid to someone who just got out of jail because he murdered like two of his family members. And I'm like, well, okay, the, the, the world is pretty crazy out here. So traveling, solo traveling, interacting with people's documentation, journaling helped me step on that healing journey. But after I moved to the forest in the Western Ghats, um, so like I said, I'm in, interested in indigenous instruments and music, right? Mm-hmm. Um my sister's friend is into a lot of indigenous music, instruments and everything. He plays around more than 30 or 50 instruments. And one day my sister just saw me try beatboxing and my sister's friend heard. And he was like, okay, the next time I meet you, I'm going to gift Anju something. I was like, what could he possibly gift me when I'm just trying to trying my you know hands at beatboxing he came home he gave me an instrument it's called as dan moi mm-hmm. it's a vietnamese instrument it's a jaw harp so these jaw harps come to life only when you breathe in mm. so you put it between your lips or teeth you strum it outward or inward but you have to take a deep breath for the instrument to produce a sound. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So this instrument came to my life at the exact moment when I had forgotten how to breathe. Mm-hmm. I was so anxious as a person. I had I was like all over the place, like getting panic attacks, having anxiety attacks. Little did I know this is what anxiety feels like until unless a friend of mine made me sit down and he was like, hey you do know that, you know, you're very anxious as a person and you have anxiety attack. Right now, what you're going through is called an anxiety attack. And I'm like, okay, I had no clue. Mm -hmm. So, he gave me this instrument. He taught me how to play this. And the moment I strum it, the vibration hit my lips and it hit my brain nerves. And that was the beginning of me diving down into the, you know, the world of music Mm -hmm. and uh, healing through music. So I I think when I got I think this is a very interesting story that I really want to share. So this is Dan Moy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll open it. Dan Moy, yeah. So when this person gave this to me, in a week, 
I got in touch with a person who makes jobs in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. I followed his account and I was just telling him that you know I've this is an instrument I've uh, been introduced with la 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 I was sharing how it's healing healing me and stuff like that. He sent me two of his instruments called Mochung and Morsing which are like Indian jobs and I was so overwhelmed as humans like as a person because I have three instruments <laughs> that the universe was like go breathe learn how to breathe with the pick instruments breathe and I was like okay the universe wants me to heal and That's it's giving me modes and medium to just you know drown myself in learning and just slow down as a person so this uh, is called as a morchang it's a rajasthani instrument wow. mm-hmm. you do like this and you do this right is that yes. the one yeah i yeah. guess i remember that and this right here is a south indian morsing it's a classical instrument hmm. and this right here is danmoy a vietnamese instrument mm-hmm. okay so you open it and so this is a very cute case that they have oh nice <laughs> this is the instrument okay give us a little demo would love to hear yes it's made of it's made of brass and Nothing like we've ever heard before. It's really so cool. You're you're making me uh, want to go and uh, you know research more about this. This is amazing. You wow. should. Yeah, you should. It would be so crazy if you guys could also get into it because, <laughs> like, initially you guys spoke about healing journey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you were talking about how you guys were healing and mm-hmm. how this was a medium podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the people who are into healing and i feel it it's so courageous because it's easy to stay broken mm-hmm. it you don't have to work anything at all you can yes. just be broken yeah and it's okay you can just dwell in that self pity mm-hmm. it takes mm-hmm. courage mm-hmm. to be like hey i'll fix myself up mm-hmm. so yeah when you get your hands on this instrument it would be so life changing because these vibrations hit your nerves and <sighs> if i only had words <laughs> no i we can we can see it on your face i mean uh, yeah the joy the sheer joy on your face just says it all yeah no it's it's beautiful so a very interesting thing that came up when we talked to you and in your bio is how you've uh, embraced the art of slow living especially in a world of like you know hustle culture you've embraced the opposite you know so kudos to you first and we'd love to know how you're doing it um like i said in my college days i had to reparent myself with lot of things not just molding myself into the woman i wanted to be but also the kind of lifestyle i wanted to lead and live so i studied journalism i've done my triple majors and uh, i was working with times of india for a month as a city reporter in town and in bangalore itself i think that made me realize on how i do not want to live my life it in that one you know that small cubicle i realized that how dead people have become 
so if someone walked in and shot me right then and there probably my team would have turned me into a news report and published it the next day rather than taking me to the hospital so that one incident made me realize that there is something very disconnect with how the world is functioning and i could feel that disconnect within because i was not happy at all i was not happy trying to fit myself through how everyone is living their lives i could not see myself doing a 9 to 5 job and when i conveyed this to my family and my close friends they were like something is wrong with you this is how all of us live our lives this is how you will live your life 10 years down the line and i was like no food for you guys if this is what you what you want to choose definitely not like not me so when i told you that you know i started solo traveling in uttarakhand and other parts of india i consciously made an effort to meet communities that are in remote locations that have disconnected themselves from the outer reality and connected their inner self so permaculture community living and just detoxing myself from the whole social media gave me a kick start on how slow living should look like for myself you know for me slow living is also about just peacefully making my chai and just you know seeing how the water is boiling how the the tea leaves are boiling and just adding milk just sitting and just staring at the sky even when you know everyone is just rushing around me that itself is slow living for me if i'm taking a walk in my neighborhood just seeing a squirrel come down from the tree walk on the street cross the street climb onto an electric pole walk through that entire yeah. electric mm-hmm. you know line that itself is slow living for me being mindful and being aware right yes. so mindfulness yeah yeah yes. no i think that being present in the moment whether it's 5 minutes or 50 minutes in a day you have i think that itself you know can be such a grounding experience Absolutely. and uh, i think it it kind of doing that actually i feel like brings that practice of focus mm-hmm. and uh, especially for someone like you who's doing multiple things i feel like that uh, the art of slow living that you've adapted to helps you focus on these different things that you do and give it more depth Correct. you know like we were talking in you know just before we started recording rama right yeah. you know um yeah no it's it's very very interesting and coming of slow so there was this one documentary uh, called baraka um it was shot in 107 countries i guess but more than 100 countries where they captured how a human is living his life from indigenous communities to people in metropolitan cities and countries from wow. china to us to india so they kind of show the contrast in this documentary and i still remember this one scene where in china this one it was captured in um with long exposure a, a monk had a bell in his hand and he was walking in the busy streets of china he was taking one step at a time so imagine not moving till the bell stopped resonating mm. you know that mm. that frequency and i'm like is that even a possibility can someone actually have so much of patience before taking one step that also kind of added on to how i wanted to live my life and made me reflect how am i even living my life right now i'm just running all over the place like you know just running i was just all over the place and that kind of helped me understand that hey 
I am not aware of a lot of things like people around me. So mm-hmm. I started educating myself about a lot of cultures, Buddhism, Taoism. Um, yeah. I just want to soak it all in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, uh, especially like in, in the world of the hustle culture, I feel like we've all heard of the phrase, uh, uh, you know, a jack of all, master of none. But I, you know, like we were talking about, you know, in our prep call, like the full phrase actually is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Yes. You know, <laughs> so I feel like more people need to hear the full phrase. And uh, if passion drives all of these different things you're doing, there is no stopping. Absolutely. So what are the challenges? So in, um, you know, you're doing it completely from your heart. You are, you know, it's the whole art of, you know, carving chalk, uh, collecting, curating, you know, kind of being one with nature, working with indigenous groups. Uh, says a lot of about how you want to be connected to earth and kind of have that connection between heaven and earth, right? Mm-hmm. Just feel, be present and stuff. Um, this is great, but what is what are some of the challenges you are potentially facing, and how do you kind of work through those challenges? Um, I feel that even though I am one single person, I feel that with respect to my physical space, I'm, I get to live the best of two worlds. Mm-hmm. One is the metropolitan city and one is among the nature in remote locations where I usually solo travel. Mm-hmm. So every time I come back to the city after having turned my sanity, mm-hmm. insanity to sanity in the nature, mm-hmm. When I'm in the city, it's very difficult to connect with people because they just do not understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I they feel I am my language is pretty alien to them. Mm-hmm. When I talk about slow living in Bangalore or when I talk about healing, they're like, dude, you should just get a real job. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just ask me to get a job so that you know I'm I'm fine, so that you know I don't have enough idle time to think about all this. Mm-hmm. The challenge is to find like-minded individuals the challenge is to resonate with community in a way that i can also help myself financially mm-hmm. the things that i do in india it's it does not have the audience mm-hmm. how many times have you seen someone who's carving a chalk and how many times have you seen someone who's actually willing to buy a chalk mm-hmm. people shamelessly mm-hmm. ask me to give the chalk carvings for free because it it just costs what, like one rupee per chalk, mm-hmm. but they fail to understand that it's 12 years of my patience that I've, you know, put into learning the skill and art mm-hmm. and the audacity that people have to question my, the price for my art is just... No, that's, uh, Abhi, I totally uh, resonate with this because uh, as artists, it's a constant thing of like, uh, you know, but it's only this, it's only a two minute dance performance or a two minute video or like, but the amount of work that goes into it, mm-hmm. only if you are the one doing the work, only then you know, mm-hmm. and uh, putting a value to it, a price to it and kind of feeling the need that you have to justify why this costs money even or how much it costs is always uh, hard. You know, I'm even in in a place like New York, right? I quickly want to, you know, share this snippet that recently when we had our performance uh, in May, 
there was this one woman who reached out to us and was actually asking us to give her a discount ticket for her child because she felt it was not worth spending $40 on an eight-year-old. But she wanted her daughter to be immersed in the arts. But I'm like, would you do this anywhere else? <laughs> like, would you go to a theater? Would you go to, say, another, you know, ballet performance by the American Ballet Art Theater and ask the same thing? Like, th- this is the thing, you know. This yeah. is an Indian-American woman wanting to expose her child to the arts, but she's asking us for a discounted ticket. Hmm. I think uh, I think I, I kind of, uh, this is unfortunate. Um, you know, what do you do for... Uh, as passion, what you put in a lot of effort, you can't replace that with just saying that it's a $1 thing or $1 uh, rupee item. You can't just like, you know, the idea is not to bring it down to such a level that it has lost its meaning. Um, And if you are living in a society that is driven by putting a cost to everything, and a lot of the time the cost appeal is what you see in the front. Like, you know, it's more about what is visual, what you can see, what's tangible versus the intangible, which is the amount of time that you put in uh, and the expression and the energy you put in into carving that beautiful piece. Um, Same thing with the dance too. I was completely um, in sync with the way you thought about, you know, coming from, um, you know, a slow living to back to the city grind and how it's hard to adjust. I have not had a lot of those experiences, but I do know that I, I, in 2019, we hiked the Kilimanjaro. So we were in the wildness in, in Africa, um, in the middle of nowhere for two weeks, just hiking the world's single, you know, tallest mountain. And um, I came back to New York City right after that, literally two days after I completed the summit. And I could not adjust. I water tasted different. The air was different. People just, it looked like everybody's words just seemed louder than what I'm used to hearing. And I could, every car honking, everything was accentuated so multiple times. I felt I became very sensitive to what was going on around me. And I can totally relate to how it is for you going in and out of that kind of world to have a similar feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? And the other, uh, another challenging aspect that I constantly face is... Mm-hmm acceptance and giving myself that reassurance of who I am Mm -hmm. because it's difficult to you know when you're trying when you're juggling between two different worlds you're also juggling between multiple worlds within yourself for someone like me I I feel that if I if I could just make myself sit and take my brain out of my skull Mm -hmm. and keep it cool for a while and just like ask my brain to just, you know, it's okay, just give a pep talk to my brain. I would have done that. Because it's, it's it becomes so heavy, you know, the kind of people I meet, uh, diverse set of people who like, who completely dismiss the fact of slow living to people who have just lived their life in this, you know, in this whole... Um, now you know why I do multiple things because I feel words are so limited. Like, I, can't, like, I can't just use words to express that. Kind of flow. I, like, I think. You create, you express your feelings through art and yes, um, yes. connections than saying in words. And I completely understand. But right. uh, so finding your tribe is always the biggest challenge, right? And I think we have seen, and you know, over time, you know, in our podcast as well, especially when we talk to, have uh, been talking to guests this season. The tribe is where, you know, people have the fundamental issues. You know, there are, depending on where you are, there are mentorships and people have had some amazing mentors along the way, some great stories from that. But again, it depends on what you're doing for 
um, you know, for artists, I think the common um, source of frustration has been the lack of that communal feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are not able to understand what I'm trying to do here, and I'm not able to find that connection. So what you're saying is completely understandable. And this is the whole reason why we're having this episode too, because we want people to hear your story. Because somebody out there is feeling exactly the same way you're feeling actually. And, you know, probably they will be able to reach out or connect. And uh, maybe this is just going to be the start, hopefully, for building a beautiful tribe uh, who have similar uh, vision as yourself. So the journey is on. It's never ended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's a beautiful journey that you're going through of, um, you know, healing, mm-hmm. self-love and, uh, you know, finding oneself. That's beautiful. Beautiful. So with that, how do you envision your future? going from here or is it too early to talk about that uh, <laughs> wow I, I feel that I am such a wrong person to ask this question <laughs> you know <laughs> question uh, I have I, I dread this question so much especially yeah. in the the people so there was this one fellowship that I had applied for it was a social like change making fellowship uh, mm-hmm. in 2020 right when the pandemic hit uh, in India and you know it was in those 21 day lockdown where the interview happened and this person was like this is the fourth day of pandemic and lockdown and he asked me Anjali how do you see where do you see yourself 10 years down the line and at that moment <laughs> I just said that uh, probably alive I don't know <laughs> so what do you expect me to say there's a pandemic going on and so that was then but now if you ask me the same question again I think I see myself blossoming into a woman who is in attune with her energy, mm-hmm. who has sharpened her skill set mm-hmm. so finely that it cuts through any mindset that tries to, you know, bring down people who are trying to just thrive in a slow living world. Mm. So I want to sharpen my skill set to that extent where I am independent, mm-hmm. I'm fierce, I'm bold which I still am, but I can see my, I mean, if I had to envision my highest self. Mm-hmm. So I would, I can also see myself having, uh, kickstarting my own initiatives, mm-hmm. which I did. I had a website and I had an art venture, mm-hmm. but due to financial instability, that kind of came to a halt. And that's when I was like, okay, then I started a new relationship with money mm-hmm. and wealth, mm-hmm. eco-wealth. What exactly is money? Why do we need money? I still have those questions with myself. As an artist, mm-hmm. I feel it's a constant struggle with you know creating money how you create money yeah so my future I think it's very uncertain I have no idea what I will be doing tomorrow or after this call which is perfectly understandable because I think that's what's exciting as well for you because every time you're you're discovering something new about yourself and about what you would like to do and about the world but I think fundamentally you're a person who connects with every aspect in life through energy and I completely believe in it and I think that kind of a tribe is actually growing now mm-hmm. um, more so ever at least I know in the western world here we have a lot of this we're putting a lot of importance in your vibe in your vibration in your energy yes. in your flow and uh, you know we're looking forward to hearing great things from you because I think that is in a way that is the right way to go about 
living life and you're doing it and the world, the universe will just provide its magic mm-hmm. um, when you connect it with it and completely from an energy perspective. So um, wishing you all the best in that regard, you know, hoping you find the ideal tribe there. At least we are here always. We're a tribe here, a little bit distance away, but uh, no, they do Wow. There to root for you mm-hmm. and uh, making our audience find you and your work. Uh, social media, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can definitely add your uh, handles in our show notes. Yes. I resonate a lot with the whole concept and the word Vajud, which means existence. Mm-hmm. And that's what my Insta handle is. Yes. I've seen that. <laughs> definitely. That's, that's very different. Yeah. yeah. I remember. <laughs> So there, there have been people who don't know my name yet. Like when I meet random people, they're like, hey, Vajut. I'm like, oh, for a moment I was like, who Vajut? Oh, shit, that's me. <laughs> that's, they don't know my name. And I'm like, okay, this is a different identity that I created for myself, which is nice. Yeah. And we're looking forward to hearing fun stuff coming from you. Uh, so keep up the good work, Anjali. And, Thank you uh, so much. We're rooting for you. We are yeah. part of our vibe now. We're building this whole vibe, uh, your vibe, your tribe community. And yeah. um, we love to hear more stories from people like you. So, this is such an uh, inspiring way to start our day. Yeah. I think we say that in every episode and <laughs> we truly mean it from the bottom of our hearts because uh, I think every uh, it's also a good reminder for us, you know, when... Uh, we're, you know, doing all of these different things, uh, you know, apart from our day job. And, you know, it inspires us to keep going when uh, the going does get tough, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to juggle. But, uh, you know, when we see people like you doing all of these different things from a place of passion, it uh, definitely keeps our spirits up. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you for having me here, actually. One more of our unsung heroes list. That's uh-huh. the whole point of this. <laughs> we're trying to, uh, you know, bring out the unsung heroes. So you are. Uh, definitely one of them. So good luck with everything, Anjali. Thank you so much. Before going, can I, uh, is it okay if I can send some good vibrations of my more sing across so that people know and find their mode of healing and definitely. just whatever. Yes, please. That I think that's a great way for us to sign off as uh, Anjali will, uh, you know, uh, as you will hear her play one of her unique instruments. care everyone heal i would want everyone who's listening to just heal get on your journey heal as much as possible don't let anything any person any individual any metaphysical thing break your apart hold yourself together you'll be all right great and with that message <laughs> goodbye everyone take care thanks Anjali. until the next episode everyone bye bye You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Do continue to give us your valuable feedback via ratings, reviews, and hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on our new episodes. Your support means the world to us. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at chai underscore break underscore podcast. 
to get the scoop on our latest episodes dropping every Wednesday. You can also write to us at chaibreakpodcast at gmail.com.